Welcome to A Seat at the Table, a podcast bringing together feminism, dinner parties, music and food. I'm Alex, your host, the creator of Spare Ribs Club, an intersectional feminist book and supper club which explores feminism and social justice through literature, art, music and food. Each episode, I invite our guests to take us through their perfect feminist dinner party, three feminist icons as dinner guests, three courses and three tunes being played on repeat. This week, I'm very pleased to welcome Chloe Pierre. Chloe is the founder of disruptive wellness platform brand Vyself, which aims to diversify the wellness industry and make self-care more inclusive, relatable and more welcoming to black women, and the author of book Take Care, The Black Women's Guide to Wellness. Thank you so much, Chloe, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get started. Which three guests? are you inviting over for your dream feminist dinner party? Oh yeah, this is such a hard question, but I think for wisdom purposes, it would have to be Maya Angelou mm. or Maya Angelou, um, just because she had seen the world at such a different time. And, you know, from a political standpoint, it would be really foolish to think that she wasn't a political activist or wasn't involved in that landscape I think once you become a bigger figure like that you naturally enter the world of politics in some degree so I would love to know how she navigated that what kind of challenges she saw dealt with and also what she could foresee happening and how she could go about it because as someone that's working in the space of people and emotion um, and using that to try and make the world a better place for everyone. It would be really nice to hear what she could see happening and how we could best tailor or how best I could tailor my output based on her learnings. Um, the same almost applies for Audrey Lord as well, but also what she knows about wellness. It's great being able to work in this space, but a lot of my work is based on her teachings. Mm. So it would be really great to sit down with her and yeah, again, just learn. I think that's the best thing about what I do right now is being able to learn. And yeah, I really just want to learn as much as I can. And I do think there's, there's a lot to be said about learning from the past, but because a lot of the people that we look up to and that started the work that we're doing, you know, they're not alive anymore. Mm. Being able to have access to that would be incredible. Mm. And it would just almost feel like guidance. Mm. Um, and I re really struggle with that because a lot of the work that I do, there's no one here to speak to. Mm. Um, I also added my St. Lucian great-grandmother who I had the pleasure of meeting twice when I was younger, but she soon died afterwards. I think there's a lot of questions that I have about my family, um, our behaviours, our history. And I think speaking to her would uncover a lot of truths and that would possibly make me feel empowered, but also console me to some degree mm. on where our family came from some of the traumas that I'm aware of but I don't know in depth 
tracing our family tree all of those things would make me feel more whole um and I would love to do that and just spend more time with her you know my son's really lucky to have his great-grandmother and I almost look at that and yeah grieve not having that and not having the knowledge at the time to ask certain questions I mean those are three kind of um icons almost like massive input incredibly kind of your life do you think that those three women would get on well from what I've heard about my great-grandmother she was not easy so (laughs) (laughs) she would probably have something to say but what I would like uh, what I think about having those three people obviously it crosses so many different generations um and so many different experiences I think it would be incredible, but even, you know, I think it's so great when people can debate and from knowing what my family are like, they're not very good at debating, but it's so beautiful when I can see the wheels turning and my family learning, especially like people like my grandmother, um, seeing her change her response to things, seeing my mum do that. And obviously me just being quite adaptable in my nature it would just be really beautiful to see. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with arguing. I think it's a natural human behavior. It's how we do it and what we learn from it. And I guess our intentions behind it as well. You're really hell bent on an idea, an ideal. Having an argument is a great thing to do. But if you're just arguing for the sake of it to be disruptive, then of course that's not in anyone's benefit. So, where is this dinner party being held? Oh, questions. Um, I would say St. Lucia. One, because it would be great for my great-grandmother and that's where I picture her being. And the fact that two of the other guests were travellers um, and getting them out of their spaces was probably going to be relief. And I feel that, I, I kind of feel that's how it would have felt for them. Um, reading their stories and also just being someone in the same space sometimes removing yourself from your environment would be incredible but for someone like my great-grandmother having people in her home would have just been really relaxing it you know essentially would have been three or four including myself black women sitting around the table discussing you know past present and future um, in a very safe um, relatable and welcoming environment Hmm. so it's being held in St Lucia yeah in my great grandmother's house amazing um which is in a rural part of um St Lucia and um you know the backdrop you can see from I could just picture it right now her house she just had you know a very square window at the back of the house which literally you could just see the sea from because they were based right on the cliff so you know the views you know you've got it all great hospitality great food um a kind of sense of warmth not just in the temperature but in the environment people popping in the noises on the street um I think it would have felt like home for them incredible so who's cooking this meal um I would have said my great-grandmother but I think that would have 
just been happening anyway um how it works in St Lucia is there's always so many cooks in the kitchen so you'll have people sharing your cooking space whether that's your neighbours whether that's um family friends so that that would have been done I know my family as well they would have had that on lock so food would have been cooked ages ago prepared um they don't do things last minute not how we live in this day and age where we're like oh god it's you know 20 to 8 I need to eat before like <laughs> wrapping up for the day no 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 that would have been cooked ready ages ago so what are you serving for your starter yeah so this is the maddest meal and it's based <laughs> on well it's my dinner party right so it's what I want to eat and I'm sure everyone would have something to say especially my great-grandmother um <laughs> so things like pasta she would not have known about she wouldn't have ate pasta like no it's not a part of her diet um it's not a part of the traditional diet but ackee is actually a fruit which is used with um saltfish and it's um it's a main dish throughout the caribbean but i think it originates in jamaica and i'm half jamaican and my great grandmother great grandmother that i'm speaking about is not jamaican at all but Aki does grow in St. Lucia. So having that with avocado, which also grows in St. Lucia, would just be the perfect starter. Um, you know, it's quite a savoury dish. Um, the avocado would make it fresh. The Aki is almost like egg without the egg taste. Um, I just think it would be really beautiful. And probably my two favourite things to eat are Aki and avocado. So hybrid mix of my favorites um delicious. the main sorry say that again I just said delicious <laughs> yeah have you had ackee before I have had ackee before because I think um yeah London does really good Caribbean yeah. food ackee is kind yeah. of easier to come by but yeah ackee and avocado and it's a really good if someone doesn't eat eggs it's a really good replacement as well for eggs and it's a exactly delicious. and I don't eat eggs so me talking about eggs is pretty much redundant but um <laughs> yeah I I assume it's like that and it yes I can't take the smell of egg I, I'm assuming that it tastes like how it smells I put it in my mouth before and just wanted to vomit so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Aki is just delicious so expensive in London um would be so much better even eating fresh so yeah that would be my starter I am a massive fan of Italian food I think it's so easy um the flavors are incredible and you can build on it and that's what I love about a lot of these dishes that you can build on them they don't have to be made in a certain way to you know be great but you can keep on adding on to them you can cook them for longer you can add whatever you want to them so pasta is definitely one of those things Cacio e Pepe is just like gold. It's the most basic of ingredients cooked in a certain way that, yeah, it's just perfection. So I love that. And I love it. It's not a pasta that has to have egg in it. So, of course, egg is within the pasta, but I just can't have it. Like, I can't taste it. I cannot taste <laughs> it. So, Cacio e Pepe is amazing. I love the cracked pepper just adds to the flavour um so yeah the best cacio pepe known to man with a seasoned steak on the side because why not um we're going luxe 
um so yeah simplicity but lux is going to be um the undertone of this evening mm. or club and then for dessert it would have to be a handmade apple crumble with ice cream not custard um for dessert and now that i'm looking at it it's definitely this is just me in a meal um <laughs> and it's a mix of like my caribbean um my caribbean background and descent it's got the italian side which shows my love of travel and discovering food um you know and then being british which is something that i do identify as is in the uh the dessert but yeah apple crumble cooked to perfection tart apples used handmade um, so a nice hint of cinnamon and any kind of like special ingredients, heavy on the crumble. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Has to be served hot by piping yeah. hot. The crumble to fruit ratio is very important. I think it needs to be mostly crumble in, in my in my opinion. A hundred percent. If anyone says <laughs> otherwise, like what are you talking about? <laughs> what flavour of ice cream? Oh Madagascan vanilla is yeah is popping everyone loves cornish ice cream and i do get it but i feel like it just it kind of throths too much in my mouth it's quite heavy like the cream so madagascan vanilla like cuts it delicious so you've had three incredible courses you're sitting in your great-grandmother's st lucian dining room at the dining table looking out onto the sea what are the three tunes that you've chosen to be on repeat all evening yeah, I don't think anyone's going to love my choices here. Um, <laughs> I'm not just talking about readers, um, I think, or audience that are listening in, um, but definitely my great-grandmother would have been like, what is this? Um, but hopefully something like um, Marvin Gaye would have soothed everyone. I feel like that would be the kind of like equaliser. Everyone would love that one. Um, none of these are really offensive, but I mean, everyone likes music that they know. But if you're going to introduce someone to music that they don't know, it has to be good. And I think all of these songs, apart from Scissor, will do that only because the lyrics of Scissor um, can surprise some people. But her voice is incredible. And obviously knowing how talent, talented she is um, is why she's up there for me. I listen to her on a daily basis. But going back to Marvin Gaye, soothing voice, the song is very political. Um, what's going on? It touches base. The first time I heard it, I just stopped. Um, and I also had that moment when I listened to um, Freddie Mercury as well. So in terms of like people that make me stop, that's going to be it. It's going to be Marvin Gaye or someone like Freddie Mercury. Um, this song, very political, um, is so relevant throughout my time, let alone his time and even if my great-grandmother was to listen to this and to understand the lyrics. Um, very poignant. Mm -hmm. um, I've also added 6am Moon Child because it's like a very soothing like background instrumental um, song. Obviously it has lyrics as well, but that would be just really great for the actual dinner party for us to speak over, um, but having like background noise that can kind of encourage conversation and encourage thought. 
Mm. Just gives like a very very open vibe, so it can hopefully open the minds of especially like my great grandmother, but also the people that are attending. So yeah, in terms of conversation, what do you think uh, we will be talking about? I think we'll be speaking about experiences and how that lends to our lifetimes. So each of us speaking about our experiences based on the lifetimes that we're living and lived um, would be the topic of conversation. I think it would naturally go to a more feminist conversation, even if each and all of these um, dinner guests um, don't agree with the term feminist, they would definitely lean towards that kind of conversation and it would be about empowering the people that look like us, the people that are us. And I guess the common denominator are that is that we are all women. We can identify as women. We can also identify as being intersectional um, and also being black women. And, you know, each and every one of us will have a different life story with each of us will be able to connect, but also not be able to connect on identity because we're all so different. Um, and it would also be focusing on the world around us. And I have a feeling that discussing like the climate, um, not just on a political uh, landscape, but also like the actual environment, how important that would be. Mm. Being in that environment, naturally speaking, I could just imagine my great grandmother speaking about how she's cultivated land and how her ancestors cultivated the land would be a great topic of discussion and how we lend ourselves or how we see ourselves identifying within that space which would be really beautiful I mean I think it sounds like it could be a really healing space I think so I'm getting that vibe I'm thinking about it and really envisioning it and I don't know my heart feels like full Mm. How's the evening unfolding? Is there, I mean, I guess your great grandmother's there, so it's kind of slightly more complicated in terms of the dynamic. Um, yeah. Is there kind of a drinks flowing or is it a slightly more. Oh, there is no Caribbean household without having drinks flowing, like all of that <laughs> stuff. Like it's abundance and dinner parties, having a guest over. Are you joking? Like. <laughs> If my gran knew she was going to have one guest, it could have been her cousin. You know, she would have prepared the spread. That at least the table would have had like a nice couple of bottles of rum, uh, Bacardi rum, probably. Um, nowadays, she would have like um, Martel or Cavossier, you know, the ice cubes ready to go in like a uh, a bowl with a, a silver spoon in it. Um <laughs> some really beautiful um, glasses, not my style, but still beautiful um, on a gold rim tray. Yeah, standard, that's that's how I grew up. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like you're kind of co-hosting with your great grandmother. Oh yeah. <laughs> From what I know of her, we, I wouldn't be able to do it by myself, even if I was the person that instigated it. Like, <laughs> yeah. They always found a way of like getting involved and showing me how it's done properly you know so is the dinner party kind of lasting all night is it ending oh yeah is there going to be kind of dancing and music or is it all conversation um I think it would be you can't bring black women together and there not be a bit of like dancing 
<laughs> they're not being heated discussions yeah. they're not being tears that's <laughs> why it would be a healing space because it incorporates all of these things good food good company good drink a beautiful landscape um you know even you know we haven't always found ourselves in um beautiful environments um but it's what we make it and we do make the best of every situation that that i know mm. um so yeah, even if it wasn't, you know, it would be beautiful for so many different reasons and it would be because we're all there. Mm. You've been quoted as saying um, self-care is a black feminist act. Thinking yeah. about this dinner party is like a healing space. For you, how does um, intersectional feminism converge with self-care and, and your career in the kind of wellness industry? Yeah, well, the reason why I would have said that is because it's just a radical act to just for black women to exist. So for them to incorporate self-care into that and learn what that is and then to embody it and to be able to freely discover it on their own terms, it's, it's like radical at, the, at its peak. It's, it's incredible. So for me, I feel like, yeah, I, I do think it's a, a radical movement. It's, um, it is necessary to our future um, as this intersection, I would say, mm. if that answering your question. Mm. When did you kind of come up with the idea of thyself and, and how did it unfold, I guess? Yeah, so I started thyself at a time, well, shortly after a time that I felt as if my world was completely turned upside down or maybe even collapsing. I think the collapse part wasn't necessarily the world, it was my perception of myself, my identity. I felt really lost and I knew that there was a few different paths that I could go down. Most of them were destructive. Luckily I have had access to see people go down certain routes and know how that ends so whether that be drugs partying um depression using anger as a form of release um I just didn't want to do that using sex as a way of doing that I had done that in the past and lost so much energy and sense of self um in the past and I just wanted to do something different what happened for context was I was turning 30 obviously being in the western world that's such a huge milestone it leaves a lot of women specifically feeling very nervous about their future especially if you haven't typically been married or if you're not in a loving relationship um, I had just broken up with my ex who I thought I was going to be with. I I could foresee that happening. But in the truth of it all, I wasn't happy. That wasn't my forever person. And I remember getting with him and just knowing that this isn't forever. This is for right now. And I could see the benefits of being with him. I could see the growth in myself as well as him. But to be honest, the we had grown to a certain point. Um... And I just knew that that's not where I saw my future, but it didn't stop the pain. So I 
my relationship broke down completely. I lived by myself, my family, the relationship wasn't great. Um, it's only seemingly getting better now. And I think that's because I'm able to navigate it mindfully. So I was really felt lost, alone. Um, I lost my job, I had to start a new one. Um, so any thoughts of stability were gone. So it left me at a really scary point in my life. I didn't know where to turn. And I thought something, I, I can't do what I've seen, what I know, what I see other people doing. Something has got to change, something's got to give. And I Googled and looked online at what self-love was. And I started going down that path. I said, I have to do something wholesome. I have to do something sustainable. I have to do something that's going to enrich me because otherwise the alternative is going to be destruction, self-sabotage, self-destruction. Um, so when I did that, I went down the path of discovering what wellness is, what well-being is, what self-care can look like, what to do in a breakup. And it always lent itself back to products. I knew that wasn't right. I knew that there was something deeper. The more I went down, I saw different practices a lot of them steeped in indigenous practices from indigenous parts of the world. They weren't Western. So accumulating all of this knowledge, accumulating a lot of like personal studying, I thought I need to create a community that we can learn about this stuff and feel better together. And that's all it was. It was to start a community. So I selfishly wouldn't be on this journey alone. I could find people that I could consult, could find a way of consoling myself and consoling my emotions with. Um, and then I just started it. I have a marketing background, so I thought I'm going to create a community. So I did. I set up a social media platform, Instagram specifically, and then Facebook. And I created the community and it grew. But I didn't realise it would grow into a business where then brands would want to tap into it. Um, and how I could possibly change both the wellness industry and the industries that I sat across, creative industries, how I could make them better. Now it's, going, it's gone even bigger. Now I'm doing corporate wellness. Um, now we're navigating that space. And now we're hopefully pushing change to happen within the places that people find themselves the most at work. And how do you, as a black woman who runs a really successful business, how do you practice self-care nowadays? Yeah, so I felt burnt out very quickly after starting myself. Um, and I felt it before, but I didn't necessarily have the language for it or the tools. So now, after, what has it been, five years now, Five years next week, we will be five. Thyself would be five. <laughs> After navigating that space for so long, I know the signs of burnout approaching and I'm able, it, it almost feels like overwhelm. I start getting headaches. I almost feel like dull, but sick feeling in within my body. Um, I can be irritable. Once I start feeling any of these signs or all of them, I know that something needs to give. Yeah. So that's when, you know, also to add, I'm a mother. 
I'm, you know, raising single-handedly um, in terms of being a parent single-handedly. I'm doing it by myself and I'm raising a two-year-old and I'm raising a young male, a young black boy in London. So burnout is real. Feeling overwhelmed is real. I think there's a lot of responsibility that I have not just to him, but to the business, to my family, to my friends, to my community. Um, how do I handle that is having alone time. It's also asking for help so I can have alone time. So asking for help with him. Now asking for help with my, I've got a PA, um, making sure that she's aware of how I'm feeling and being really open, mm. being open with my friends and my family, just so they know what space I'm in. So they're not shocked by me being irritable or it's almost like I'm preparing them for like the worst, but the worst doesn't happen. But for me, it almost feels like at that point, it's like life or death. Um, because I always know that I can always go over that and it would be devastating. And not only would I be lost, but my son would be lost. My family would be lost. My friends would be lost. My community would be lost. Yeah. Um, and I do feel that sense of responsibility. So I just try and prepare. I'm always like living a few steps ahead. Yeah. So yeah, having time to just be by myself, being in nature is a must. Honestly, I'm a tree hugger. I'm someone that likes to walk barefoot. I'm raising completely the same person just in a male form um and it's beautiful to see but it's also beautiful because I'm able I'm going to be able to help him mm. um I'm going to hopefully create a person that I feel needs to be in the world and they there needs to be more of them um and hopefully give him the tools that he needs to be the better person if he sh so wishes to um so yeah so self-care to me looks like being able to voice concerns ahead of time and not waiting for devastation tap them first being honest and open being in nature having time to myself sometimes that's not reading a book it's sometimes just doing nothing resting sleeping quality of sleep is really important to me I don't get enough of sleep because of the kind of person I am and the responsibilities that I take on when I can sleep I slept yesterday I had a meeting at three I turned off all um all computers all devices and I just laid down I had a meeting at three it was originally at two and I woke up at 2 45 <laughs> I didn't know if that was good for the meeting but I was like you just need to do it um and I did feel a lot better so that is really important and like just from experience black women don't often afford ourselves that we're always working where we have one or two full-time jobs we have side hustles we have children we have partners we have families and it's not just black women of course but you know demographic wise and you know if you look at um the the kind of incomes that we have and the responsibilities that we have is tough mm. um and we are you know pitted quite below our asian our white counterparts um caucasian counterparts our asian counterpart, uh, counterparts so you know the stats are there the the feeling and the sentiment is real um so the the burden is heavy and i know for f a fact that most black women that have a lot of these responsibilities don't 
don't prioritize sleep. They use every single time of the day that they can. So for me, example, I'll work. When my son sleeps, I'll work. While he's up or when he's having a nap, I'm working again. I'm responding to people. I'm being there for people. And I'm also trying to tidy my flipping house, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with standards that are just unreal. So yeah, rest is so important. So if anyone's listening to this, regardless of whichever demographic or you, whatever you identify as, like do look into what sleep, good quality sleep is to you, what you need to do that, how beneficial it is to you in your current state and also your future. Sleep is so important. Food is important. Hydration is important, but sleep is necessary. I mean, that's, very useful advice that I think a lot of people especially women and of course especially black women completely forget how important those things are Mm -hmm. I always ask my guests one final question which is what are you doing on an everyday basis in a small way to become a better feminist either for yourself or for those around you yeah I would say what I'm doing is I'm constantly learning and I don't believe that I'm above learning. I don't really think of myself as an expert. I really feel like I'm a student and I'm a student of life. If I'm going to give even more context, I'm a Gemini. I love to learn. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm in this life. I'm here living on the basis of the fact that I can learn as much as I can about people, about the world, and I'm studying. And I'm learning what that is, you know, I've been berated in the past for identifying as a feminist. Um, I know it has so many different roots and I know a lot of them aren't even, you know, inclusive to the the way that I identify myself today. But I do believe in the core um, mission of what a feminist is and that's equality and empowerment of women. So yes, I do believe in that. And I do consider myself a feminist on that basis. So yeah, the best thing I can do is learn and share in that learning and never stop learning. That's a lovely answer. Well, thank you so much, Chloe, for joining us today. Thank you for having me.